And I want you to know that God cares about this part of your life. And this is a huge part. He really, really cares. And uh, this morning, I believe he's going to talk to you and, and uh, clear some things up for you. Uh, one way the Lord told it to me is, is, uh, is he says, I use relationships. If you're taking notes, you write this down. He says, I use relationships to fix relationships. The Lord says, I use relationships to fix relationships. So you got to ask the Lord. You say, well, well, what does that mean, Lord? And uh, he'll tell you if you talk to him. He says, well, uh, when your relationship with me is, is good and when your relationship with the Bible is good, I'll use that relationship to fix your relationships. But when that relationship is broken and messed up and not working and you don't ever read the Proverbs that tell you a whole bunch about relationships. Oh, your lady's like this? Oh, well, you need to do this. But if you don't know that's what this, you don't have a relationship there, then you think my lady did that? Headlock. We're going to go with the headlock, Jesus. That's the one. We're going to go with that route. Then, no, he says, listen, when your relationship with me is good and your relationship with the word of God is good, then I can take that relationship and I can fix or show you how to work on these relationships. But when there's no relationship here, then I can't fix the relationship here. And lots of times we want God just to like wave a wand and fix our relationships. And he's saying, yeah, but there's no relationship here. And I've given you my spirit. I've given you you my scriptures I've given you something that's a lamp unto your feet a light unto your path and if you'll have that relationship then that'll help fix furthermore he also gives us each other me and my wife believe it or not uh you know we we talk about y'all at home yes we do but not in a bad way in a good way we'll look at you guys and say they have they have a good relationship together. They handle conflict together. They make decisions good together. They're good with their kids. Their kids like them. And they obey them at the same time. Lots of times kids obey, but they don't like. Right? You can get them to do it, but they don't like doing it. So we look, because we have a relationship with y'all, God uses our relationship to affect our relationships. Does that make sense? So we glean from you guys how you deal with your teenagers, how you deal with each other. Uh, we take away from that relationship and we apply it to our own relationship and God uses those relationships to fix our relationship. So what's that mean for you? So it's important the people that you're in relationship with because if the only thing that's ever before you is chaos and confusion and bitterness, then you'll never have that example to come over here and work on your own relationships so so God uses these relationships so that he can help you with your own relationship so instead of you just being like God why won't you answer me he'll he'll show you he'll say if you'll if you'll glean from them if you'll talk to them, if you'll ask them how they got their kids to do that, if you ask them how they how they resolve conflict and they ain't perfect because the Lord's saying he says he may tell you they faking it they just do that at church because at home, they throw plates. <laughs> they throw plates at each other. 
They're down to their last two plates. They ain't even going to be able to eat after next week. But for the most part, the Lord, he'll, tell you, he'll put relationships in your life to help you with relationships. So instead of you just feeling like, God's not hearing me, he's not listening. No, he's always listening. He's always transmitting, and he's always, uh, he's always wanting to help and to answer. You just have to position your relationships so that you can fix your relationships. Because the reverse is, is, is the devil uses relationships to mess up relationships, right? He uses relationships to mess things up. He'll, 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 he'll take things that maybe even happened to you a long time ago, and yet they're still affecting you today. He works in reverse, right? So the devil, he takes, you know, uh, if, if you look at the Bible and what the, what the Bible calls the devil, so funny. Uh, Think about my kids, because you asked him about the devil. The devil? That's all, you know, all kids. What would you learn at church today? About the devil? What about him? He's bad. That's all they know. What else you learn? Jesus. <laughs> Just kidding. But the devil, you know, he's got different names. You know, he's called like Beelzebub, which means Lord of the Flies. Right? He's called Lucifer. Right? I mean, <laughs> my wife's going, uh-uh, don't go there. Uh, Satan. You know, he's called Satan. Some of you know, the reason I'm laughing, you probably called other people this. <laughs> uh He's called, right, the father of lies, right? Just his nature, who he is, is he births lies, right? That's what the Bible calls him. He's the father of lies. But the Bible also calls him uh, the accuser of the brethren. And that just means the same way that God uses relationships to fix relationships, the devil comes in as the accuser of the brethren, and he messes things up. How many of y'all have ever... uh, Gone to the grocery, and you can't remember. You left your list. Don't you hate that? Or you didn't even make a list because you thought that you could remember. Fool. Fool, fool, fool. I don't need a list. I only need four things. And you get there, and you got your three. But you can't remember that four. What is it that I wanted? So you get out your cell phone. Who are you going to call? No. You're going to call your lady, right? Or you're going to call your spouse. Or you're going to call somebody. And you're going to, you're going to call. Uh, but if, if you're me, mine doesn't always answer. How many of y'all got one of those? Well. So <laughs> she doesn't have her phone with me. She says, I don't have it with me. <laughs> oh, it's a whole nother, a whole nother sermon. <laughs> so you... you uh, you call her because you're wanting to know what's number four. And then uh, she don't answer, so you call her again. And you call her about 19 times because you don't want to leave the grocery until you've got that fourth item. But you're forced to leave that gro- the grocery with, with only three uh, plus your Snickers that you ate just to make you feel better on the way home. you gotta, you got to get your Snicker bar. So you wind up with four, but it's not the four that you wanted but then whenever you get home, then the conversation begins. 
and the accuser of the brethren comes in and uh, you can't remember the fourth item on your grocery list, but he will bring back to you everything they've done wrong for the past 15 years. How many of y'all know what I'm talking about? You can't remember the milk and yet he'll feed you. You didn't answer your phone in 1999 when your flip phone fell down between the seat of the car. And you didn't do this. And you didn't do that. And you didn't do this. And you didn't do that. And he'll give you lots and lots of ammo to try and do, 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 Right? I win. I won. And, and mess up that relationship because that's just the nature of who he is and what he does. He's constantly, he's working in relationships so that he can mess up relationships. He messes up the relationship between mom and dad so that he can affect the relationship of junior and junior et, Right? The kids, right? He works over here so that he can undo and mess up and bring accusations and manipulate and he could say all of these things to mess it up so that years from now uh, that there's problems. So I want to show you here in Psalms chapter 1 uh, a little bit about uh, what the Bible says about how to avoid uh, negative influences. If I was going to name today uh, today's sermon, I would just say it's avoiding or overcoming negative influences. Because again, I'll tell you, God cares about this stuff. He cares about it. And He knows what an impact it can have on you. Relationships can destroy you mentally, physically, financially, emotionally, spiritually. The devil, he'll destroy this area, not just for you, but, but for the people that come after you. He, he works this way. And God brings and helps and heals these things so that it doesn't become an infection that infects and oozes through the rest of your life. That's why Jesus said, a man must be born Again. So whenever you get born again, you get God's DNA. Right? You get refathered. Actually, the Bible says if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. You get regened. You get new genes. That way, if things happen to you whenever you were a kid, or if you were beat up, you know, and 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 and, and hurt or harmed as a spouse, things once you get born again, the devil will constantly be trying to use that relationship to destroy other relationships. That's why God says, if I can make them born again, I can regen gene them, refather them, make them a new kind or quality, and I can break some of that stuff so that you can say, I'm a new creation in Christ. Old things have passed away, and behold, everything has become totally new. I have a new father, a new daddy, new DNA. Jesus said the same life that's in the vine is in the branches, so the same blood that's in him is in me, and now I don't have to let all of those old relationships affect the rest of my life I'm a new creature in Christ and Jesus did that he did that for you he did that for me but Jesus knows if we don't fix these relationships it'll cripple them the rest of their life and the devil knows if I can keep this stuff jacked up they'll be jacked up forever and then they'll raise jacked up kids and then we'll have a jacked up nation pretty pretty smart but it's nothing new 
Right? I mean, it's not, it's, not, it's, not, it's not a new bag of tricks, baby. He's been doing this since David and Solomon and Absalom. And all the boys in the Old Testament, he's been doing the same thing. He's been doing it for years. And here in Psalms chapter 1, the reason I like this is, you know, King David wrote Psalms. Don't you like Psalms? King David, I mean, even, even if you, you know, my wife studied literature and stuff in college, and you got people that don't even believe in God, and they marvel at the expertise and the literature of King David. 150 chapters of just awesome. 150 chapters of just literary genius. I mean, all the world over this morning, people are reading the 23rd Psalm and the 27th Psalm and the 91st Psalm. You got combat veterans that are walking through places right now and they're saying, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. I mean, they're quoting what we're, the person that we're about to read from. This book is amazing. And this person is amazing. The Bible says Jesus was from the lineage of David. David was Jesus' great, 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 great grandfather. And David relationally was a mess. He was totally a mess. Premeditated murder. How many of y'all are studying and quoting the words of somebody on death row? I do it all the time. Because David premeditated murder. He saw Beersheba mm, naked. Mm. He saw her and then he began to scheme in his heart how he could have her. Really, the, you got, it's really pornography is what it is. They didn't have the internet like we have today. So he didn't get to do it in his bedroom while nobody was watching on the computer. But same, same thing here. And the devil's going to use that relationship, that lust there. And he thinks, I'm the king. I deserve it. I can get away with it. And the devil's going to use that relationship to, 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 to bust him up, mess him up. He goes from that place. He premeditates and murders that woman's wife, a husband, so that he could take her for his wife. And yet we're quoting him today. Only God can take somebody so jacked up and redeem their life in such a way that the Savior of the human race comes from Him. So I don't care where you're at relationally right now, how messed up you think you are, God's able to save and redeem to the uttermost. He can take a premeditated, lustful, pornographic, hung-up person on death row, basically, and he can take them redeem. So the reason I'm saying that is wherever you're at, God knows how he can help you and fix you. And this Psalms is King David's opus. This is his life's work, is Psalms. And he's going to start his life's work. This is so fascinating to me. David starts out of, he could have started Psalms any way he wanted to. God, you're like the sunset. And let's, let's see how David starts his life works. He must have learned something about relationships. And he must have learned that, that God works in this area, but also he learned the devil works in this area. And this is an area that you and I better watch out for. Because if we don't, whole series is called success. 
you can have success in one area, but if you don't get this right, you're going to be messed up. Verse number one, blessed. I mean, I like that word. Oh, man, we dance about that one. <laughs> blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful. Can you imagine this man? This is his life's work, and he starts the whole book off with, he says, blessed. I'm going to read it to you in Amplified. Amplified Bible says, blessed, happy, fortunate, prosperous, and enviable. I like that. Blessed, that just means, what's blessed mean? It means empowered to prosper. We're going to say it means successful. Would you agree that the word blessed, you could put successful in there? We're talking about success. So you could say successful, happy, fortunate, prosperous, and enviable. That just means when people look at your life, they envy. They ain't supposed to envy. God said not to. God will make it in such a way that people that aren't supposed to still look at you and say, they got that right. Because once you get relationships right, people are envious. Because they look at theirs all messed up and they say, I wish I could get along with mine like that. Happy, fortunate, prosperous, and enviable is the man who walks and lives not in the counsel of the ungodly, following their advice, their plans, and their purpose. Blessed is a person that doesn't follow the ungodly's advice, their plans, their purposes, nor stands submissive and inactive in the path where sinners walk, nor sits down to relax and rest where the scornful and the mockers gather. He opens up his book and he says, he says, you need to watch out for three different type of people. He says, you better watch out for the sinners, you better watch out for the mockers, and you better watch out for the ungodly. And he says, there's three different things. He says, you better watch out who you're sitting with, you better watch out who you're standing with, and you better watch out where you're, who you're walking with. Three different avenues and three different types of people. He says, if you don't watch out for those people, you'll never be blessed, prosperous, enviable, or happy. If those, if, if, what does stand mean? Stand just means hanging out. Hanging out. How you doing? What you do? Walking just means who you're following. Let's walk. We're going this direction, right? Because if you're walking together, you're going the same place. It's not like you're both, you're going to go over here and they're going to go over there. No, that's not going to work. So whose path are you following? Who are you hanging out with? And sitting just, wh whose counsel are you taking? We like a spot of tea. If I'm going to have a spot of tea with someone, or if I'm going to share some coffee with them, or if I'm going to go eat dinner with them, then I'm going to sit down. We're going to give counsel. We're going to give advice. My heart's open to them. Their heart's open to me. And, and the instruction that King David gives after a life of interestingness, he says, you better watch out who you're hanging out with, the direction of the people that you're following, and you better watch out the counsel that you're taking because I want you in relationships to be blessed. But other people's, your relationship with them will mess up relationships over here. He says that that's not, that's not God's will. That's not God's design. It is not that. He wants these areas for, for you to be uh, well here so that you can be well there. So three different areas. So I felt like while I was uh, getting ready and praying for uh, this service and things like this, uh, the Lord wanted me to give some warnings and my, my job as a pastor, the Bible says that, that I'm supposed to uh, preach, 
that I'm supposed to warn every man that I may present every man perfect in Christ. So there's three to some areas there that I'll be held accountable for as a pastor. But one of those areas is that I'm supposed to, there's supposed to be some warning. In other words, I can't always just like preach like, you'll have hope today. Of course you'll have hope today. It's one of the fruit of the Spirit. And I could spend a whole 13-week series talking about that word. It'd be awesome. But some part, and I believe today you'll get just a little bit of all of it. But, but, but I felt like uh, concerning just the first area uh, would be kids. If you got kids here, you better watch out who they're walking with, who they're hanging out with, who they're sitting with. You, we have to be watching out in this area because, I, you know, I know mine, uh, when I grew up, you didn't take candy from strangers. How many of y'all had one of them moms? And you would sit in class and they would, they would give you scenarios. Now, if you're on the swing set and a van pulls up with black windows and a man in cut-off pants comes out and he's got some peppermints don't go near the van, right? So we were warned. You better, there's certain things you better watch out from. But, but now we live in a digital age. And kids are sitting around on iPads and iPhones, Androids, don't know why. Uh, they're sitting around on computers. And for you and I, I just felt like the Lord said that, that, that we, as a culture, as a generation, we better watch out for our kids and find out. Because if we want them to be blessed, prosperous, enviable, and happy, it'll have a large degree as to what happens to them when they're six, seven, eight, nine years old. Whenever I was in first and second grade, uh, I had some influences in my life. How many of you have ever egged a house? Don't raise your hand. Uh, don't raise your hand. Your parents will use your your kids will use it against you. Uh, you egged the house. Don't do it. Don't do it. But, you know, I, whenever I was in uh, second grade, whenever I was eight, I had a friend, and uh, we thought it would be a good idea to go out at noon. <laughs> so stupid. <laughs> this eight-year-old right there. He's <laughs> like, let's take these eggs and go next. We went right next door. And uh, <laughs> we went right next door and threw eggs all over this house. And people were driving by. Like, I remember driving by people, like, slowing down. We're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, what was I thinking? And we put applesauce on their, on their doorknobs and stuff. So just stuff we could find in the fridge. It was just like, let's do this. And we poured salt in their yard. We, like, wrote, rewrote names and stuff in the yard. Uh, y'all don't try any of this at home. I was a professional. Uh, so so, so we, we did these things. Uh, because, but I had, you know, there was this boy, I was eight, he was about 14 and, uh, we ran around the neighborhood, did all kinds of stuff and we'd get in a little trouble, but I looked up to him and kind of idolized him and, uh, our parents were friends together and all that and had great parents. But, but my point is, is sometimes uh, you, your kids are around things and people and you think that everything's kosher, but, but unbeknownst to my parents, uh, you know, he introduced me to some magazines. How I many y'all know where I'm going with this? The magazines messed me up. They jacked me up because as an eight-year-old, they totally, they messed me up for years and years and years. Those things messed me up. He had a sister who would babysit me and then would do things to me that shouldn't be done to an eight-year-old. That stuff right there would mess you up. The devil will use relationships here and things that happen to you that if you don't get a hold of this relationship right here, you'll be jacked up for the rest of your life. 
But God uses relationship here to fix and he gives you examples here and gives you other examples. He'll use those relationships to fix you and heal you and he'll have the light of the gospel shine for you a path that you should go and he'll show, he'll bring other people and they'll become a, a lighthouse for you that will show you the direction that you want to go. But, but the devil, they do the same thing. He uses relationships, he messes them up. So from there, I became a teenager, but I carried with me stuff from there. So we have to be mindful and watching. That's just a warning. I know church just got real. Uh, but the, the gravity of the situation is, is that, that you and I, you say, well, I don't have kids. Well, you have a spouse, and you better watch your spouse. The great sin of the garden was not a woman eating fruit. It was a man that didn't oversee the influences of his spouse. Because God told Adam, he says, I'm going to give you a garden. I'm going to tell you where all the gold is, and you're going to name some animals. And he says, I want you to be fruitful. I want you to have some babies. I want you to multiply. But the last thing he says, he says, I want you to take dominion. I want you to take dominion over the beast of the, the field, the fowl of the air, the fish of the sea. You better take dominion over that. But Eve is sitting on the backside of nowhere with Adam nowhere to be found. He's fishing. And here comes the influence of a beast of the field that God God gave him dominion over, but because Adam wasn't in his place watching out for his spouse, then, then, then Eve fell, right? So we got to be watching out for our kids. We got to be watching out for our team. Who are you hanging out with? Who are you walking with? You, you can't do it in a real legalistic way or then they'll, they'll you got you to keep it fresh, right? You got to have fun with them. Right, Because if you can't keep it fresh and, and have fun with them, throw the football, shoot some bows and arrows or do something like that, if you're just looking down your long nose of religion, you're going to run them off. So you got to do it in such a way, but, but you're still mindful. You say, I, I want to know. I know you're upstairs playing uh, games on the computer. You better bring it downstairs. Because I, tr I may trust you, but I really don't totally. Uh, but I don't trust the other people because you may be sitting in the seat of the scornful and not even know it. You may be in the path of sinners and just not be aware because you're ignorant. I thank God that my wife, there's been times where, where, where people would come over to the house and, uh, and uh, she, after they would leave, she would say, whenever you get around them, you're rude to me and you embarrass me. And their influence over you makes your character drop. What's she doing? She's just watching. She's mindful, now I got a choice, right? But, but I didn't understand it, really didn't see it. But whenever they would come around, I'd have a little more bravado. Hey, you know what I'm talking about? Bring me some tea. Yesterday, woman said their influence, they're, they're dropping your character. They're not, they're not adding to you, they're taking away and they're messing with us. What's she doing? She's just taking her place in the garden and she's just overseeing. Same thing with her. She get around certain people in her family. I say, every time you get around them, you come home and you got a chip on your shoulder and it aggravates me. And she had to check her own self. She has to say, every time I do get around them, I come around and I resent church and ministry and stuff because they don't serve the Lord and stuff. They just kind of do their own thing and we have to, there's some sacrifices that need to be made and they don't make them and they may have this, that, and they come home with that. So I got to check her on that and say that. And I say, furthermore, every time you get around that lady, you always come back with, with a whole bunch of clothes you went shopping I know what it is about that woman every time you get with her you come home with about $300 worth of clothes I don't like her a bit we have to find you a new friend 
same thing. And she, it, she had said, she says, every time I do get around her, and, yeah, she's she got like a million dollars. <laughs> so her, she's just like, like Beyonce, like she just like got a bunch of chauffeurs carrying bags. And then she, you know, so it's like, so what's that mean? So we just, we just got to watch, right? Got to watch our, uh, who, who uh, are we hanging with the scornful, the sinners, our, our kids, our teenagers, uh, even Christian brothers and sisters. The Bible says, if, if one of your brothers falls, go and restore him. What does that mean? If you and I see our brothers and sisters in Christ that have fallen into something, the Bible doesn't say we kick dirt in their face. He says, you better go restore that relationship because if you don't help restore it, then this relationship will never be mended and then their other relationships will never be mended and there's a good chance the rest of their life, instead of serving God, they'll be off doing something else. Because the devil works in relationships and God works in relationships. So he says, if you see a brother or sister fall, you need to go help them back up. Listen, if you're single, how many of y'all know the devil, uh, the, the devil, he'll send you, he'll send you somebody. He'll send you somebody. How you doing? <laughs> he'll send you somebody. But... You know, I was always taught, he said, you, you're better off having nobody instead of the wrong somebody. Because once you get in that thing, then, then other people will envy you as far as that you'll be envying the one that ain't got nobody. So I ain't got nobody, but at least I ain't got that. My goodness. <laughs> so all facets, this is, this is King David's, his, his life's achievement, his crowning work, and he opens it up with, you better watch out who you're hanging with, who you're sitting with, and who you're walking with. Because God says, I'll bless the man who's got this area taken care of. But, but And I'll close with this. Because you can't just watch everybody else. Because sometimes as adults, you know, I'll watch out for my kids. What are you doing over there? You know, I'll watch my teenagers. I'll watch the church, the people in the church. What are they doing? They're going there. What are they doing over there on the Facebook? It's, you know, that don't even look right. You put some clothes on. Uh, we want to we watch everybody else. But in the words of the late, great Michael Jackson, right? We've got to start with the man in the mirror. Uh, so our instruction here is David's not just saying, hey, you've got to watch everybody else. Really, the first person he's saying is, you better watch yourself. Because me, as an adult, I have to watch uh, my own influences. Because the devil will send a lot of Beershebas. He'll send them. Not just that, but it could be in business. There'll be deals that come. Uh, lots of different opportunities come. And this is a warning here, not for you to watch out for everybody else. The first warning is for you to be successful. You better watch, you have to watch out uh, uh, who you're getting advice from and the business, the dealings that you're doing. He says, you better watch out for the scornful. What's the scornful? The scornful is just the person that always thinks it's not going to work. prayed for them they died didn't they <laughs> they wanted the Lord to heal them he didn't they died they divorced they busted up they broke up God can't do it he quit doing that a long time ago all things ain't possible they lied to you the scornful is just the people the Bible actually says that they're mockers that they're all, the glass is always half empty 
They're always just negative. How many of y'all know there's people in our life that sometimes they're just negative, 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 negative. God says if you surround yourself with that type of people, you'll never be blessed. There has to be some way that you can. uh, What is a mocker? A mocker makes God really small and the problems of this life really big. But faith makes God really big and the obstacles of this life really small. And if you surround yourself with people that are always making life, they always have that face. Instead of the, I believe he can do it face, God says if you can surround your people with the, and you can be the person that's, I believe he can do it, then he says the blessings of God are open. They're available to you. But you just got to get things in perspective, right? Mockers just have things, everything out of perspective. So the point is for you and I, we got to watch out. You got to watch out for sinners. Jesus hung out with sinners. Jesus hung out with sinners to show them a better way. He hung out with them so that the light of the gospel and redemption, he said, when Jesus is lifted up, all men are drawn or gathered unto him. They were attracted to him, not as a sinner. They were attracted to him for his righteousness, for his life, for his strength, for his teaching, for his authority. They were drawn to him, not because he was just hanging out with them, condoning everything that they were doing. He was lifted up showing them, you don't have to be like this. You don't have to be in bondage and bound up. I came to give you life and life more abundantly so no doubt he hung out with them and i got lots of friends man i got i got different little 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 crews you know i I had me a little veal plat crew that i would hang out with because they were always cooking a sauce this is back in college you know had me a little eunice crew they always had boudin right or some crawfish you know so i kind of hang with that little crew and i had me a little new orleans crew i had me had me all these little different crews that i would hang out with and i still love all those guys i'm still friends with all those guys i know all those guys but they know that they don't have influence over me i'm not going the path that they're going i'm just not on that path but I still love you and like you, and I'll go hang out with you, high five, chest bump, throw some darts. We'll do any of that. We'll shoot some pool. But, but the influences of my life, I have to keep this relationship solid, relationships within the church and people that I know so that I always have the light here to guide my other relationships so that I can be blessed and prosperous, enviable, so that I can have success. So I'll close with this. If, if you're, uh, you know, the title of my message was how to overcome or avoid negative influence. First thing you got to do is you got you to recognize them, right? So you, you get around people and they're just always negative, always running you down. You just recognize them. And then you, after you recognize, you got to try to remove some of these negative influences. Now, if you're married to one, you're in a little different thing. I'll talk to you after church. Because, because, because for you to remove, obviously, that's a whole nother different subject. But I'm talking about whether you're at the workplace, you're at the marketplace, uh, you're on the back porch with your, with, your, uh, with your aunt. You ain't always got to be on the back porch with the aunt listening to her, right? So I'm talking about if you have to recognize negative influences, remove yourself uh, from negative influences. And then the last one is, is just maintain that relationship. Because if you'll have a relationship with Proverbs, he'll, he'll show you. He'll help you. He'll fix you. If you have a relationship with Psalms, if you have a relationship with Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and you look at how Jesus handled relationships, handled people, and handled conflict, he'll help you.
If you have a relationship with the book of Acts and you see how the disciples, how they would interact. And there was all the time conflict, right? I mean, we, we looked at David and David was messed up relationally, right? He made lots of mistakes. And yet God said, that's a man after my own heart. How could he be a man after, my, after his own heart? Because the Bible says that David, whenever he would mess up, that, that he, would, uh, he would rip his clothes. He would rip his, his royalty and he would put on sackcloth and ashes. And that just means he would make himself, he would put on, he would wear like burlap and he would rub ashes all over him. And he was doing that because he was, he was showing God, he said, I want to be as filthy on the outside as I, I feel on the inside. And I want you to know that I'm broken and that I'm repentant and that, 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 that I'll, I won't do it again. A little different than repentance we have today. But, but his repentance was like, he would totally blow it, and yet he knew how to get low. I'm not a king right now. You're the king. He put on sackcloth and ashes. And because of that, God would continually, he would, he would bring him up, he would teach him, and then he would have him write instructions for you and I that 3,000 years later, we're reading his life's work Psalms chapter 1, verse 1, and he starts out with relationships. He says, you better watch your kids. You better watch your teenagers. You better watch the people around you and help them not sit in the seat of the scornful. They'll never be blessed if they're surrounded by that. Not walk the path of the sinners. They'll never reach their destiny if that's the only place they are. They can't be taken counsel from the ungodly. They'll never make it where God wants them to be but God he cares he cares and he'll help you he'll help you let's pray together this morning thank you father God for the entrance of your word giving light and understanding and I pray father God for every person here wherever they're at relationally the mistakes that they've made uh, the thing the situations that they're in I thank you Lord that you're able to save to the uttermost that you can fix anybody any place any time as we purpose in our heart to have a relationship with you and to glean and learn from the other people you bring into our life that you can fix every problem. Thank you, Lord, for...